0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Accessing Art with Amy. I'm your host, Amy Amanti. My pronouns are she, her. Catherine and I had a chance meeting of all things. I was coordinating some access for a local festival here in Vancouver and she was submitting some of her new work to be in that festival and of course as a part of my job and that process she was looking for an accessible submission process and when I met her online I was struck by her work I I was so taken by it the telling of her experience as it is and making no apologies for it But we may learn yet that even the most confident of people stumble from time to time. This triple threat opens her heart and shares her story. So let's give a big welcome to
0: Catherine. Hello, my name is Catherine Matleszewski. I use she, her pronouns. I am neurodiverse and I am an artist with dyslexia. I am a white settler and of Jewish and Eastern European descent. I have auburn curly hair and green eyes.
1: Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on Accessing Art with Amy. I love spending time and space with you. So it's just, I mean, I've been Dying forever to get you on this platform, so thank you for joining us. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Amy. It's um, it's a real pleasure. I've I've experienced some of your work, but maybe give us a little bit about who Catherine is before we get started and talking about your art and your art practice.
0: Oh gosh, who is Catherine? Well, my name is Catherine, and I am an artist here. I'm an emerging artist in Vancouver. Currently, proud cat mom and. That's me. Other than that, I graduated from Studio 58 back in April 2022. (laughs) I know right time is like a wash (laughs) absolutely especially with the pandemic I've been noticing more and more people are saying oh well that was before the pandemic or oh no that was after the pandemic so so really that's how I'm judging my time so I graduated studio 58 uh prior to that I did a lot of training in musical theater at the arts club musical theater intensive and the arts umbrella pre-professional troupe um Other than that, I love baking. I love spending time outside. I absolutely love creating new theater work. So that is very much where my bread and butter and jam is right now. Um, Yeah. So expanding more on that. So
1: um, you graduated from Studio Fifty Eight, and you started off by sharing with us that you're neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. What I mean, were there because Studio Fifty Eight, for folks who don't know, is like a it's a, a really high end, professionally run theater training acting training program here in Vancouver um, mm-hmm. very coveted um very hard to get into uh, maybe
0: <laughs> not so accessible I don't know can you speak to that yeah definitely yeah going to I would like to say that any theater program definitely has its flaws and its challenges um I am someone who has grown up advocating for myself. I was taught to advocate for myself by my mother because she was the biggest advocate for me growing up in school, especially when I needed support and I needed uh, accessibility with my IEP, which is an individual education plan in the VSB school system. Yes. So I grew up really learning how to advocate and get what I needed. So with those skills that I had developed from an earlier age, I was able to advocate for myself at studio. I will say that of course that comes with challenges and of course that comes with being a little bit of a shit disturber and speaking up and saying this is not okay, but also taking the time to realize that yes, it isn't it is not a program that is specifically made for someone with a disability, especially an invisible disability. I have the privilege of walking into a room and not being visibly disabled. So it's a privilege and also a curse in that yep. sense, because I mask very well along with, along with uh, being able to um, advocate for myself. I mask very, very well. Um, so does that mean that people go like, look at you and say, why are you asking for this? You're obviously yes. right. not don't have a disability, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So really reinforcing and, and even I remember uh, a teacher saying to me, oh, you're just slow. And I'm like, no, I am. I am not slow. I my brain is wired differently. Uh, this is the best way for me to learn. So, of course, there was push and pull. I will say that as a person with a background in movement and dance, it was a really good fit for me because a lot of the school training is based in movement um, with lab in and and uh developmental movement patterns and and things like using the grid for what's it called oh my goodness I can't remember right now (laughs) but uh but that sense was really positive I also because it is a conservatory program and I'm there for 12 plus hours a day I was able to develop because it was such an immersive program, I was able to develop tools for myself. And once I found those tools and and tricks for ways to help me memorize or learn or asking for something or typing up, like, for example, if I got a monologue that I had to study and do, I would go and type that up in size 14 or 16 font for me. And that's how I would do it. So yeah. it did take extra work and extra steps because the training program wasn't, uh, Per se, super accessible for me. But at the end of the day, because I am such a strong advocate for myself, or because I knew what I needed, I was able to do that myself. The yeah. emotional
1: labor, though, that that takes to constantly be yes, yeah,
0: absolutely, and especially during the pandemic, because I believe the I believe COVID hit at the end of my first year of training, and this is a three year program. And I remember the first day back in class, it was movement class, and we were in this big gym. We'd been moved out of our studio fifty-eight space into this big gym because of air particles and breathing social distancing. Social distancing. So we were all in this huge gym doing a movement class on the floor. And I remember it was the first day and we were all wearing masks. And because I get the majority of information from micro expressions, I that's two thirds of your face covered. I completely I started crying because I couldn't understand what my teacher was saying. I couldn't get the, I couldn't see the smir- smirk or the smile or the little bit of the micro, micro expressions that um, that led me to know if someone was making a joke or a, or a funny comment or if they were being serious. Because tonality is one thing in the voice, but also getting the micro expressions from the face is so important to me understanding and communicating. So that was a big challenge. <laughs> yeah, I I totally get that because
1: I I too uh, I have such little vision, but mm-hmm. I I rely a lot on that, and I've been I've been without my vision for fifteen years, yeah. um, and I still I'm like, is that facetiousness? I can't quite tell. Yes, myself. I remember the other day, and I was like, oh ah. yes, I have to be, I have to be more aware of that. <laughs> um, it's a thing, right? It's an ongoing Absolutely. thing, and then otherwise, you just feel like the. You know, the, the dope in the corner who's like, ah, uh-huh, I don't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you wrote a um like a monologue, little theater piece um, about your experience with the dyslexia. I'm wondering if you can share that with us.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is a new piece that I was working on for. I presented it at the Crip Cabaret on whatever what, what? day it was. Yeah, whatever day it was. Not yesterday, February 27th. I believe it was February 26th. February. February 26th, yes, you had asked me to uh, perform that and I was like, oh gosh, okay, I I feel like I need to write something for this. So, So yeah, so I wrote a little thing. It's still a work in progress, but it's called Confession of a Dyslexic Actor. I am a paragraph without punctuation. I am words that perform pirouettes on every page I cold read. I am the blurry numbers the optometrist tries to make you see. I am Times New Roman, size 14 font, printed in black ink and double-spaced, please. I am silly spelling mistakes that have been drowned in red ink by my fifth-grade teacher, and spell check is my life raft. I mix up your from your, and where from where, and how from who, and I still swap left from right. But it isn't because I am forgetful or that I am lazy. It's because my brain is wired differently and my short-term memory is hazy. Slow, stupid, dumb, disabled, I never consented to any of those labels. I am told that I should hide it, keep it hidden, and be discreet. No one will ever hire you if memorization is such a feat. Others tell me to call it a superpower and that I should be proud But my stomach twists into a pretzel any time I am asked to read out loud. So I follow along with my index finger to ensure I do not lose my place. I know I have to slow down and that learning is not a race. I still use my fingers to count, but that should not measure the amount of work I do to appear normal for you. Normal is a setting on a dryer. It is a norm six-letter word that I used to aspire to be. It means absolutely everything and absolutely nothing to me. I am a paragraph with exclamation points and many question marks along the way. I am the words a swing memorizes for three different roles because my mind has a bird's eye view. I am the number my friends call to put IKEA furniture together because I think in 3D. I am still Times New Roman size 14 font printed in black ink and double spaced, please. I am dyslexic.
1: Thank you, Catherine, for sharing that because uh, the more I hear it, a second time now I've heard it <laughs> out loud, it totally resonates uh, because I'm also dyslexic. I'm like, yes, girl. That's exactly what <laughs> it feels like. Say it loud and proud. So thank you for sharing it on this platform because I think there's a lot of folks who are going to resonate with that.
0: Thank you. Why, Catherine, why did you want to be an actor? I think it definitely started off Uh, singing. As a little girl, I, I I found all these tapes of my mom recording me on little cassette tapes of singing. And I remember blasting like Tomorrow from Annie and singing that at the top of my lungs. And that's, I think, where it started with my mom and having her sing to me a lot and tell me stories. She was also a dancer. So I also was a dancer for a long time and still am. So that's where my I guess love of performing came in and my love of story. So that's definitely where I started and and I think the feeling of how the story, a story and words have the power to change someone's perspective on anything. So that was a big part of it. Yeah. And then as an actor,
1: um, you know, there, there are some actors who uh, take a script and it's somebody else's words on a page and, you know, turn that into a living character. And then there are actors that uh, create their own work. And I don't know if you have a, a desire to be one or the other or both. Um, but sometimes I think as an actor, too, it's like, you know, I have to create my own work because there's just there's too many actors and not enough work to go around.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I definitely resonate with both. Uh, again, going to studio, a big part of that was learning about more tools to create my own work, as well as learning how to be an actor, uh, who reads from a script. And sometimes I have those days where I'm like, gosh, I wish I could just read a script and decipher the text and, you know, walk away at the end of the day and do my notes. And that's fine. But there's still something I think my biggest desire I don't know I I feel like this is a grant application right now but to say like I desire to fill the gaps in Canadian theater I I want to fill those spaces where someone with a disability is there or or make work like for example my solo show Uh, It started off as my grad solo show piece for studio and I ended up developing that and presenting it at Fringe so again, making work that resonates with me is is something that is really important to me.
1: You know, it's it's what is written in my artist's bio is that, uh, uh, you know, one of Amy's passions is life is increasing representation of the disability mm-hmm. experience. Absolutely. In, you know, in Canadian theatre landscape. Um, it's so important. And that's, I mean, if we want to gush a little bit about the Crip Cabaret, that's exactly what we did just a handful of days ago. Um, in the middle of a snowstorm here in Vancouver, (laughs) the disability community showed up and, and shared their work on, on a, on a mainstream stage
0: here in the city. Uh,
1: What did that feel like to you to, to feel, I don't know, with community and I don't know,
0: I, I I mean, I'm still on a high, but I'm wondering what it felt like Well, it's really interesting that you say that Mark, who did the videography and photography the other night, he I have known him since I was probably about 14, and I remember one of the shots that they used for publicity was me as a 13-year-old standing next to Jesse L. Martin on the what used to be the review stage. Yes. And Jesse L. Martin, he 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 performed in in Rent and was one of the original cast members of Rent. And I remember Love Rent, singing yes, and singing in front of him at the musical theater intensive. And Mark sent me a little photo of me performing last night. Uh, last night, two days ago, and I had this wow moment of oh my goodness, look where I started, look where I am now, and. On one hand, it seems like such a big feat, but on the other hand, it feels like it was only yesterday. So I feel really blessed and really, really honored to have been asked to perform in the Crip Cabaret by you and also to be surrounded by the disability community in Vancouver and to be so supported. I was honestly so terrified. And everyone was so welcoming, especially performing on somewhere like the Arts Club stage where... I I don't normally see people like me on stage. So to have an entire evening dedicated to us was absolutely phenomenal and I can only hope that well I know that you as 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 the coordinator will is and will continue to bring so much more to 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 that company. So I yeah, I'm honestly just so so honored to have been asked.
1: Well, it was a pleasure to have you there, and it was a beautiful night of like complete representation. Mm-hmm. And there were so many different types of stories, like some funny, some emotional, dance pieces, music. Um, and I'm still getting emails and texts from folks who are like, "Thank you so much. This is, you know, so so fulfilling." Yeah, I mean, honestly, right? Um, and then you you know, I sit back and I think to myself, "Of course, you know, we've done the crypt cabaret. We did it once." Where's mm-hmm. the money to keep doing this kind of work?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Right? I was thinking like this needs to happen every, every mo- few months or something. Yeah. You know? How do we keep this kind of thing alive and, and going? Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, more of, of course it was an excellent starting point in terms of connecting it with the show at the arts club, Teenage Dick, that does deal with disability. And I, I, I hope, and I, and I wish that the arts club continues to, to, to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of it being one show a season. Mhm yeah mm-hmm. yeah we're twenty five percent of the population but yeah, no, nowhere are we ever you know representative of twenty percent of a cast twenty five percent of a
0: cast absolutely ever. not, and it's it's you know seeing audition postings and seeing um equity e drive emails go out, and at the bottom they have their inclusivity statement, of course, and that's great, but I want to see that in the casting, I want to see that represented on stage. And I, I'm currently in this, again, in my poem, I said, you know, some people tell me to that I should hide it, other people tell me that I should call it a superpower. And it's always this fine line for me about who do I disclose this to? Because for the longest time, I was told that it was shameful, and no one would hire me and all these other things. So it's, this fine line where applying to a bigger theater company has been a challenge. And, and I'm curious, and my curiosity is does it help me or does it hurt me when I disclose my disability?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the disclosure is the, the, like, it's the ding, ding, ding. It's the question, right? It's a question Mm -hmm. everybody is thinking about in terms of probably just about anything that they do. Uh, When I show up in a space, you see my white cane. and, And so my, 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 uh, I have a different level of relationship with disability, but mm. I also have a whole bunch of invisible, invisible disabilities that Absolutely. folks don't see. Right. Um, so I totally get what you're saying about that, whether it's harmful or helpful, and even if it's helpful, sometimes it feels tokenistically helpful. Absolutely. And it's like, where are we in that
0: that journey? So I'm not sure that we have okay. the answer to that,
1: Catherine. No, but, yeah,
0: but it's um, something that's I'm currently pondering and currently, yeah. Currently exploring about that.
1: Yeah. Are there any other artistic mediums that you explore other than being a dancer, singer, creator?
0: Writer. Uh, I love I baking. To... baking
1: yeah, is I say, yeah, I was just going to say,
0: yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, I used to have a little, well, I still kind of do, a little baking company on the side that's called Sweethearts Baking. And that also came from my love of making giving something or or making someone's day or or being there in a small way for special events and things like sugar cookies and it, I'm very much my one of my biggest love languages is acts of service so making making a cake or making cookies or making cupcakes so that's something I do on the side um, other than that I also love visual arts uh, I teach at arts umbrella I'm a I'm in both the theater realm, but also in the visual arts realm, I, I do some work there. So art is all over the place with me.
1: <laughs> I love that. I so love that. Um, I feel the same way. So a lot of times people heard me say this on this podcast before I call myself an artist of opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Cause I just, I just never know. I want to be open to everything. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to stretch. I want to do all the fun stuff. I want to do it all. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we ever stop learning. At least I, I think I never stop learning. And each day or each week, I learn something new, whether it's a small technique or if it's a new tool or if it's a way I I uh, decorate a cookie. So I think I think art is everywhere. And I think it's in for me, at least it's important to keep pursuing. And I will say that after dipping my toes into the film and TV industry recently, and starting that journey, the other night performing some theater at the Crypt Cabaret was so heartwarming, and it filled my it filled my soul. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. It would not have been the same production without
1: you, um, and I can say that loud and proud. So thank you for attending and as of course we transition i hear that sound katherine it's the sound that says it's time to play the mixed bag so Ooh. what does that mean time to play the mixed bag you get 30 seconds to answer up to three random questions that i've pulled from the mixed bag there's no Ooh. right or wrong answers just the first thing that comes to your mind are you ready hey okay. i'm super ready okay this is not really a yes or no answer question but are you a movie person or a book person
0: Oh, okay. I am definitely a movie person because of my dyslexia. Reading is a big challenge for me because it takes me three times longer to process what's on the page. Uh, So I will say that definitely movie with subtitles. And then if and when I decide to read a book, I will most likely need an audio book to read along with it. Yes, yeah.
1: indeed. Do you know what's funny? Um, cause I didn't know that I had dyslexia growing up. I just oh, okay. knew that there was something different, but you know, in the poem that you shared, I, I could never do cold reads. Never, ever, oh, no. ever. I was terrified. There was no way. Even if I thought, okay, I'll read the chapter at home the night before, knowing that they're gonna yes. fall on people. Yeah, on high and prep as best I can. But also, I didn't read a lot of books. I. It, it mm-hmm. was just I. You know. So I've, I'm a movie person too. And as an adult, understanding what that meant, like I wish I had known growing up what that meant. Yes. Um, yes. Anyways, absolutely. I digress. That's a whole other podcast. Yes. <laughs> um. You know, we just started talking. This is your next question, but we just started talking about art mediums that you do. Is there an art medium Mm -hmm. that you've never tried that you'd love to try? Oh, I, I don't know
0: art medium I'd like to try. I'll recommend. Uh, Let's answer. answer, Yes, please. I I just tried glass blowing. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. that would be really that would be really interesting. I also. I grew up also doing a lot of textiles, so I was like, okay, no, not textiles. Yeah, yeah so lots like of textiles, stuff. more uh, sewing and, and uh, felting and weaving and, yeah, crafts at my house were a big thing. Singer, dancer, creator, and <laughs> costume designer in there, too. Well, heck, I love costume designing. I love sewing. I love... I, I, I would like to say, honestly, I say this to to many of my, of my friends, is that I am a 1950s housewife, but with who likes women's rights and who is a feminist. But honestly... I I aspire to have a lovely house, and I love having dinner parties and and that sort of thing. So we'll definitely have to do a dinner party sometime soon. That sounds heavenly. <laughs> um, and like the last
1: question, I can't even like these are random questions that I pull out of my oh, like list of a hundred questions, and all of them are like totally speak in your language. I don't know how oh, the yeah. universe did this, but this one is your the
0: next last one is your favorite guilty snack. Is Ooh. it something you bake? <laughs> No. Okay. My favorite guilty snack is challah, which is uh, the type of bread uh, that we have for Shabbat on Fridays. Okay. And so challah with cheese on it, and you put it in the oven and toast it. It is the most blissful thing ever. And I eat it after a really long day of rehearsal. That's what I have. Or a really long day. Yesterday, I think was a for 15 hour day and i came home and i and i made that and it felt uh, it's just so yummy
1: i'm hungry just thinking about it
0: that or chocolate but i don't think that's very guilty i don't think either of them are very guilty i think you can eat whatever you like i like to say i'm on the anything diet I love it I love it And now, next time I go eat anything I'll be like
1: Catherine says there's no such thing as being guilty when you eat a snack so yeah it's called the anything diet it's called the anything diet I you love listen it, right? to your heart you listen to your body I love it I love it those my friend are words to live by <laughs> uh, before we officially say goodbye
0: to you where is it that we can find you if we want to connect with you Absolutely yes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is k a t i e underscore k a t three four seven. Katie underscore
1: cat three four seven. Awesome. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's been a pleasure having you on Accessing Art with Amy. Thanks, Amy. Well, we have said goodbye to Catherine for today. But before I say goodbye to you all, I just want to share with you this quote of the day by Scott Sonnen. I didn't succeed despite my dyslexia, but because of it. It wasn't my deficit, but my advantage. Thanks for listening to Accessing Art with Amy. This podcast is produced by me, Amy Amanti, on the unceded traditional territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and tsleil First Nations, colonially known as Vancouver, British Columbia. The technical producer of this podcast is Jacob Shemansky, and the manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Friends, we would love to hear any of your feedback. Perhaps you or someone you know is an artist that lives with a disability. So please reach out to us. You can reach out by phone at 1-866-509-4545 or by email at feedback at ami.ca. Thanks again to my guest today, Katherine Matlashevsky. Keep exploring and we'll see you next time.